0: Holidays, holiday pay, whether or not you want to work a holiday, whether you don't want to work a holiday. These are all really, really important aspects when it comes to the holidays. And you may be wondering, why are we doing an episode in the middle of summer when it comes to holidays? And the reason being is that we got to start talking about this stuff. We have to start talking about holidays because they're coming up. We need to talk a little bit about when to plan if you want to work them when to plan if you want to be off, what that looks like, how you should be paid properly for holidays, and all the things that come with holidays. And that's why I want to talk about it now and early on this week's episode of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everybody. We're going to talk about holidays today. It's kind of a weird one. I mean, we just had the 4th of July. It's the middle of summer. I'm on the West Coast. And uh, we're going to talk about holidays. But holidays aren't just, you know, the holidays that happen toward the end of the year. We're talking about year-round. But, yeah, this episode is kind of dedicated very specifically toward the holidays that are coming up Um, During the holiday season, so to speak, because I want to talk about it because it's been it's always a topic of conversation amongst travelers And I want to explain some things that maybe you guys have never heard before about the holidays And I also want to start getting you thinking about how to approach the holidays Many of you are you guys are all in totally different Mindsets when it comes to wanting to work the holidays not wanting to work the holidays what that means And I want to kind of have a conversation day about all the different nuances that the holidays quote-unquote bring so as always, I do, first of all, I want to thank everybody for subscribing to both the YouTube channel and to our podcast platforms. We really appreciate it. The subscription level goes up every single week and the viewership goes up every single week. So every week that we've been doing these, more and more people are tuning in, more and more people are recording these, more and more people are downloading them and using them for whatever. So it also tells me you guys are sharing these with your counterparts. And that, my friends, I really, really appreciate it. means a lot because it tells you, I mean, again, we are doing this stuff on our free time. My objective and my goal has always been to educate travelers, and I think in the industry, the more educated travelers, the more valuable they are to me, not to every other company. A matter of fact, I think the more educated travelers, the less valuable they are to many companies. But the way that some of us do things, we want smart, savvy travelers. It just means less headaches. The ones that um, don't get it are really difficult. Those of you that understand and are getting to understand more and more of the travel industry and how things work from our side of the of the triangle of trust, if you will, that to me makes sense. And there are so many of my counterparts that are scared to death of an educated traveler, and there's reasons behind that. They don't want you to know certain things. They don't want you thinking. They want you to just go do their job and make them a ton of money, so they can you know get that bill rate and pass that percentage of that along to you. Pay Uncle Sam for taxes and keep the rest. And they just want you to just do your job and don't think about this side and how things work. Well, I do. I do a lot because I think it's time that you guys looked at this from a business aspect. I've already said in some episodes. So, that being said, let's talk about the holidays. Um, I guess I want to start off by saying the holidays typically are, it's often Newer, sometimes the newer the travel you are in other words not the newer that your experience level is but the more recently that you've gotten to travel that tends to be the travelers that tend to work the holidays a little more frequently I and mean, again some travelers who have been traveling for 20 years 15 years those of you that are really travel traveler marketable you've got some great marketability behind you where you have tons of licensure you've got a specialty that is in high demand all the time you've got certifications like crazy The things we're going to talk about in our mark traveler marketability episode you guys are the ones that get the interview and it's really up to you whether or not you want the job or to pass on it for many of you if you're newer that's not always the case maybe you've been a you know a in your industry or your field of specialty for a long time. But we all know that as a traveler, that manager, that hiring person that's looking at your resume may go, "Mm, wow, great experience here, but they've never traveled before. They've only traveled maybe one or two assignments. It is more difficult. It does get easier as you go along. So I'm making the assumption that For some of you, you guys have earned the right to take time off during the holidays. And some of you are really good about planning that and think about that. The first thing I really want to talk about is you kind of need to think about whether or not as we approach the fall, are you going to work? I'm talking primarily Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. Those are the holidays that most hospitals recognize. I'm not being whatever to certain other holidays or certain other religions. I'm telling you, those are what they're listed in in the contract actually it says thanksgiving christmas eve christmas day new year's eve new year's day those are the five that i'm really talking about so you have to kind of make a decision on whether or not you are planning on working those holidays and again for many of you you have in fact earned the right to say i'm going to work up maybe through the end of November, and I'm willing to work Thanksgiving because maybe Thanksgiving isn't as big a deal to me, but I am taking the month of December off. And you have learned over time and historically that that has worked out well for you, that you are still in such demand that when you're ready to go back to work, potentially, let's say at the first of the year, that you still get a job and you don't ever struggle at that time. For many of you, you've found that that's not always the case. You may be an exceptional traveler, you may have great experience, but when it comes to getting that job the first of the year, maybe they're gone. Maybe your specialty doesn't seem to have as many as that as it typically does right up and tell them. And I've noticed that, especially in the last probably 10 years, that a lot of people are very smart and they will grab jobs at the holidays, and then the hospital doesn't have them until February, sometimes even March, because people keep extending. So only you know this, right? There's no recruiter that should tell you. A good recruiter will point out that this could happen, but if you're... I don't even want to throw, throw, throw up uh, a certain experience or a certain specialty because I could be wrong on this. But if you have a specialty that is always in demand and doesn't have that lull where it is all gobbled up at the end of the year, then go for it. You've earned that right. You should be able to take the time off and not even deal with holidays and say, hey, I'm going to work up until whenever. Maybe I don't even want to work you know, at all uh, during any of those five holidays. If you have experience in the past that you don't struggle getting position, then you can roll the dice and try it again. The point I kind of, I guess I also want to make the counterpoint to that is it is oftentimes difficult, no matter how strong you are, because of the fact that again, we're talking about seasonality comes into play sometimes. You've got the warmer weather areas that are becoming more populated by the overall United States Census as the elderly population has moved south. They tend to go there, again, depending on the economy, depending upon how cold it gets, how quickly it gets cold. It has a lot to do with what happens. I'm talking primarily, I always say Florida, Texas, and Arizona, but the surrounding states as well. So if those states are having a census increase earlier, then oftentimes hospitals will hire, and you never know. You may, they may be done. They may have fulfilled their needs and they may be satisfied overwhelmingly with those travelers that are there. Yes, there's gonna be a few that are terminated, a few that don't work out, a few that don't wanna stay but we all know that sometimes that job will stay filled for those six months or so that they need that traveler there. So for many of you, realize that. If you want to go to Florida, you may not find a job in January. This year was very different, but in typical years, it is hard sometimes to say, okay, I'm ready now to go to work as a traveler, and I'm going to go down to Florida and be a traveler now in January. Let's talk about labor and delivery. I mean, last time I looked, the the retired population doesn't affect labor and delivery like it does other specialties. So having that population move further south may or may not mean that there's a census increase for your specialty. It might mean a huge census increase for your specialty, depending upon what that is. So kind of keep that in mind and really think about that. The timing is very important. If you, let's say, are finishing up in... October and you want to stay gainfully employed you may ask your current assignment if you can stick around for four more weeks to maybe finish up in November so that right when you're available is the time when they have the most needs and the fewest amount of people that want to go again also bringing in supply and demand into play the hospital's got needs and less and less people say oh, I don't want to work the holidays and you do you may have an opportunity to come in and swoop in and grab a job from maybe a more experienced traveler that would normally take that position away from you so That being said, I've often told newbie travelers going to work in November is one of the best times I have found to begin a travel career because there are fewer Uh, There's fewer competition. I almost couldn't get that out right. I was trying to make sure I didn't say it wrong. There's fewer, there's less competition and oftentimes greater demand during that time of year, which means you got a better chance of getting a job without having that traveler experience that a lot of those managers are looking for on your resume. So it's a really, really wonderful time for many of you to go in there and jump into travel as a healthcare provider because you're going to get picked first, potentially, which is what you're looking for. You may also find that you garner a little bit of higher wage because oftentimes at the very beginning of the season, I'm throwing the fingers in the air, the quote fingers, for those of you that are listening to me, they can't see it. The season is kicking in, which means sometimes at the very beginning of the season they will oftentimes entice people, travelers, to come down a little early and throw a little bit of money at them. I have noticed as the season kicks in, oftentimes those bill rates start to dwindle a little bit and drop. So another thing to keep in mind, you can oftentimes get a better job for the holidays at the same exact facility than you can afterwards. When I say better, I'm talking about compensation and compensatory, right? That's the word I'm looking for is that you can oftentimes get better pay jumping on it and working through the holidays as opposed to coming afterwards. Only you guys know, right? You guys know what your pocketbook looks like. You guys know what area of the country you want to go to, and you guys know the seasonality of where you want to go. Obviously, we haven't talked about it, and I will have a whole, a whole episode about this. We need to also consider what happens in the areas in the states where the population is also leaving, the travel community follows, and therefore when there are needs in the colder climates, the, again, supply and demand. How few people are actually available there. So oftentimes, that is another great opportunity for you to jump in. It doesn't have to necessarily seem to be seasonal. Seasonal. Uh, it does. It is seasonal, but it's not to be warm weather season. You guys get what I'm saying. There's opportunities all over the country for holiday pay and to jump on that. So that was a really long explanation, but it's just something I wanted to get you guys thinking about. That there's no right or wrong answer here, and this is where. Oftentimes I've said, and I'll say it again, that having a recruiter tell you what he or she thinks sometimes makes no sense to me. You guys know all the nuances of all the things I just talked about. What your financial situation looks like, your own personal opinion on whether or not you want to work a holiday, if it matters to you, if it doesn't matter to you. Do I want to take advantage and actually make more money during a holiday season? Would I rather go ahead and take time out with my friends and family and loved ones? You're the only one that knows that. And sometimes it drives me a little nuts when I'll see or hear a traveler tell me, well, I took this job because the recruiter kind of talked me into it, and now I'm kind of upset. That's, that's not the way the industry should be, but as I've often said on Travel Evolved, you guys are not typically salespeople. You guys are healthcare providers, and that is your job, and you're wonderfully beautiful at it. Sometimes a recruiter is a better salesperson than you are, someone that can say no. And I've seen that for 21 years now. So you oftentimes, many of you, not all of you, hopefully not those of you that continue listening to Travel Involved, but many of you get talked into assignments during even times, not only locations, but times of the year that you really don't want to go and you're miserable. Raise your hand out there in your car or wherever you're listening to me or watching me if you've actually taken an assignment knowing you didn't want to because you had a wedding or a holiday or some kind of plans coming up that you wanted to attend and you took it anyway because you got talked to in it because you didn't want to miss out on that assignment and you regretted it. I will tell you that if any of you have been out there and traveling for more than eight years, probably just raised your hand that there was one time at least that you took an assignment that you were talked into because the recruiter said, you don't want to miss out or some you know baloney reason that probably wasn't even accurate. So be careful and be aware of that and be sensitive to the fact that these people, as I've always said, are in fact trying to sell you. That's how they make money. They don't make money being your friend. They make money convincing you to take that assignment through them and their company, and to not take it through the other 5,000 recruiters out there and the other 200, 300 companies that have the exact same job at the exact same bill rate, not pay rate, right? So you guys understand where I'm going with that. It's You guys are the ones that know you. You know your career. You know what's important to you. So start thinking about it now. Start paying attention to what do the holidays look like. Plan accordingly. Do I want to be done, like I said, right after Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving? Do I want to be available at that point so I can start to plan and get my next assignment wherever I want to be? Do I want to tie it in with some seasonality, whether I want to chase some really nice warm weather location or I want to go chase some big dollars potentially somewhere further north? All of that are things that I would deplore you guys to start thinking about now so that you can plan it and time it so that you either are available or you've got it timed out where you can take that time off and make yourself available again when the holidays are over if that's what you should choose. So, all right. So holidays are obviously what I'm getting at is they're, they're both good and bad. And we're going to talk more specifically about the actual holidays themselves and how that works. But, you know, there's no right or wrong answer on this thing you you may be required as we know if you are are working or your contract overlaps a holiday you may or may not be required to work the holiday that's the wonderful thing to think about is that just because you're contracted I am seeing and I can't I can't speak for other companies but I'm seeing more and more where they want you to work the day before Thanksgiving you they will not let you work Thanksgiving and then you have to work literally the Friday afterwards because they don't want to pay that holiday pay that stinks, but I'm seeing that really, really commonly now. They want you available, and they want to take advantage of that. But you, I mean, it's amazing when I see timesheets and crunch reports come in. How few travelers actually are on that holiday? It's it's a lower percentage. Than it used to be It used to be all the time. I'm old enough to remember and been been around this industry long enough that it was almost consistently everybody worked because that's what travelers did. Well, now hospitals are saying, well, we can save a little bit of money by. Having the traveler available will work everybody else up and tell them, but we'll not work them during that holiday. And I'll take volunteers from my my permanent staff to see who's going to work that. So just remember that even if you are an assignment, what I'm getting at is maybe relatively close to home, you might have that day off anyway, or you may have Christmas Day off, and maybe you're working Christmas Eve and that sort of thing. So it is something you can certainly talk and ask about during your interview. And my recommendation always is don't have it be the first thing if you're interviewing. For a position, let's say it's coming up, and you're going to be starting assignment before all all five of those holidays, I wouldn't have it be the very first thing you start bringing up. Hey, what? Tell me about holidays. because then they're going to know that it's important to you, and it's going to scare a manager. But you should, as I'll talk about toward the end of this episode, you should communicate with your manager. That's going to be important. If there is something that's really important, and maybe you and that manager have discussed, we're going to have you work. You know, you've you've agreed, let's say, to work Thanksgiving. And you're also going to work New Year's Eve and maybe New Year's Day, but they are going to give you, in fact, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. You're going to want to get that put into your contract. As, as you're going to learn from me in, in future episodes, it's still not a guarantee. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to tell you guys that. And you guys already know, sometimes I'm sometimes going to tell you the truth, but just because it's written in your contract doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But it is good to have it in there and it's good to have that communication because at least when you have that with that manager and you've got it written in there you can say hey you said you talked to me specifically i understand that things come up but at least you have that that feather in your hat that says i at least had this conversation with this manager before i accepted this assignment and i know that i'm on the high ground here that if he or she has changed their mind that we did talk about it and again that's about maybe all, all that that's good for is making you feel better but it is something you can you can have a conversation over. And I would say more often than not, if you have that conversation, the likelihood of that changing is less. I just think that's just a fact. Doesn't mean it's concrete, as we know and we'll talk about, like I said, in future episodes, but at least it's out there and there you go. Now the opposite's also true. I will tell you that it is it does stink sometimes when you have to work the holidays. And I've had uh, travelers recently tell me that when they're interviewing, sometimes the manager will not guarantee them anything. They said, I'm not even doing that. I'm not dealing with that. You are, in fact, a traveler. So if there is you know, a number of requests from my permit staff, I'm going to have you work them, and I'm have you work all of them. So that is a legitimate thing as well. Down the road here in this episode, I'm going to talk about the fact that most of us agencies, I can, I'll mention it right now, most of us agencies only have a slightly higher increase for overtime, callback, and holiday pay. One big vendor I know, it's anywhere from $8. I have another one that's big that's 10 bucks additionally an hour. The idea here, and follow me, is that when it comes to overtime especially, all of our weekly fixed costs have already been recomp- compensated. In other words, we've already, they've already capsulized those costs. So they know that we're already paying for your housing. They know that we're paying for your insurance. And they've covered that with their all-inclusive bill rates. So when it comes to overtime especially, the only thing that should be an increase for us is going to be that time and a half of your compensation. It's not time and a half of your housing. And hospitals finally recognized that about 15 years ago. And they started saying, well, we're only going to give you $10 more an hour. If we have a $90 bill rate, we're going to let you bill us 100 bucks an hour. The idea there is that agencies can still make money. I will walk you through down the road how that actually still is bigger margins, but it's not 1.5 of the entire bill rate, which is what some travelers still think that. So where I'm going with this is that it's actually relatively affordable for a hospital oftentimes to have a traveler work it which means that they can keep their staff happy and for 10 bucks more an hour or 300 and you know 120 bucks really if you look at a 12 hour shift they can pay 120 bucks and have you work it as opposed to a staff member who really needs that time off so understand the numbers and the finances behind what's going behind that manager and his or her motivation. They may choose that option depending upon where their budget is and how much control they have over it. They may choose the option of working you because you're there to be a traveler in their minds. And you're going to be there, do your 13, maybe 26 weeks, and leave, but they're going to have to deal with that person that they didn't give the holiday off that really needed it for the rest of the time he or she's there. So, you guys, I just again, this is part of what travel evolved. It's evolving your traveling, so you understand sometimes what a manager's thinking. They're not trying to necessarily penalize you. I'm sure they're out there. What they're trying to do is the best job they maybe can for their entire unit, and it may come at your cost because you're the one that they're not going to to deal with for the rest of the time that they have to deal with their other staff that makes sense i want to talk a little bit about areas of the hospital in which are closed during holidays i get this question a lot i'm sorry this got moved a little bit there it's better i get this question a lot and that is i work in the or the or is closed so we aren't working the holiday but It's a holiday, and shouldn't I get paid for a holiday? I I know it sounds crazy, but I do get that question. For those of you that don't work in an area that gets closed, that is asked almost every single time there's a holiday. My unit is closed, and it doesn't matter what unit that is. It doesn't have to be a nursing unit, but it's closed. And do I still get holiday pay? How come I don't? It's a holiday, and I'm still here at this facility. And the answer is, unfortunately, because we don't get paid either. Again, I've said this repeatedly. I even said this today today to a traveler I was talking to that was con- that I was just talking about you know my company, and we just were talking about straightforward answers. And I said sometimes it's just not even sometimes. It's rarely in the industry. And I said lots of times the answers that we should be telling travelers stink, and they're not always great news. And somehow, for some reason, people on my side of the desk are oftentimes really hesitant to give those straightforward answers. I don't understand it. But the answer is, guys, as I've always said, The hospitals are the ones that generate the revenue for the rest of us. They're the ones that pay us, and there in turn, we can pay you. They're the ones that pay the vendor, who then pay us, who then pay you. It is coming from the facility. Obviously, I know where the facility gets their money from, but for today's purposes, understand that they're the ones paying the bills. And the bad news answer is there's not a lot of agencies that are going to stand up and wag their finger at a facility and say, I want you to pay my trailer this, and I'm going to demand that. Guess what? They've got 200 other agencies they can say, well, the heck with you then. I'll go work with these these other 199 agencies. That's the facts. That's the reality. I've had Trevor say, I want an agency that's going to stand behind me and back me up. You know what? I get it. We all do. And any recruiter out there that tells you we're gonna stand up and back you up and stand up to facilities probably not being honest with you because how has that worked out for you in the past? Have you had an agency go to bat for you and say, I'm willing to walk away from this entire contract, not only your facility, but the other, you know, eighty facilities that you represent because I'm gonna be I'm gonna, you know, I guess stand my ground. It just doesn't happen. And that's not the answer most of you guys want to hear, but it's the facts. And we all have to recognize that. So why wouldn't we just talk about that honestly? So the fact is, if we're not going to be getting paid from a facility, the only way we could pay you for that time is if we're gouging you every other hour of that 13-week contract. And there are companies out there that do that. My company's great because they pay me even though I'm not working that holiday. How do you think they do that? How do you think they're paying you? It's one of two things. Their margin, number one, which again, see a couple episodes ago, is so large that they can encompass that and make you feel like you're getting a gift when in fact you're getting nothing. Because they're offering you back a little sliver of of the huge piece of pie they've taken out of your rear end for an entire year. That's just the truth. It's either that or they're doing it to so many other travelers that are so big that they have the same ability to be able to do that for the rare traveler that that is, in in fact, an area that's being closed. I've seen it before. And what's crazy about it isn't that it's done. What's crazy about it to me is that there are travelers out there that really think they're getting something from a company that's giving them that because they're not recognizing what's happening to them the other you know 364 days out of the year it's it, it this is the kind of thing that makes me want to put my head through this wall and say man I got a ton of work to do because it's not that complicated nothing nothing is free in our industry not a single thing is free it all comes from that hourly bill rate. It all comes from the sweat and the hard work of either you as a traveler or your counterparts as travelers. That's where all of our revenue comes from. And anything that we do as a company, I don't care what it is, all it comes from that margin that we make off of you. So the answer is sometimes not always that easy to tell you It's because people just won't. It's actually really easy to say. We can only typically pay if we can bill. And if a hospital who's in charge of everything is not allowing us to bill, the likelihood of us being able to pay for those agencies that kind of do things a little more openly is we can't we can't pay. And I will tell you that in my history, when I explain that to a traveler, they understand, they get it. I mean, you know, if you're on a, let's say you're an OR nurse, for example, or you're a surge tech and you're on a, a 40 week times 13, which is 520 hours of you know 13 times 40 is 520. If you've got that many hours and you've got holidays coming up, you may be down to who knows. You may be down to 480, 495 hours because the operating room is closed. So what really an agency should be doing is calculating your pay based upon the total number of hours you're actually able to get. Typically it's 520, but maybe that assignment it's last because there's a holiday there and you're not going to get company you know paid. So they could up your pay the rest of the time if that makes sense, to incorporate how many hours you're actually working. Who knows what the, how they're going to do it. And some companies have clever ways of doing that. They may still do that 520, but they've lowered it because they only are showing 520 pay, but they're only showing 495 of bill, if that all makes sense. Trust me, agencies are clever. And unfortunately, they're smarter than most travelers, not because they're smarter, but because they spend all day trying to figure this crap out. And I'm spending all day trying to open the doors and expose it. So you guys are kind of a little more wise to, like, wow, never really thought that somebody would do that. Of course they do. It's all about the money. You guys know this. This industry is all about money. It just is. You're the ones that also do all the hard work to generate all the money. And, you know, it's just the way we go. So, anyway, let's talk a little bit about. Not a little bit. Let's dedicate some time to really talk about how you should be paid as a traveler for your holiday. It should be at time and a half of your compensation rate, 1.5 of that. And Let me break that down for you. What I'm saying by this is you guys typically, what most contracts will show you is you will typically nowadays, the contracts are here is my hourly taxable rate and here is my hourly or I should say my weekly taxable. Tax-free housing stipend or meals and incidentals—stipends—that's what they're calling it. Then there's housing on the other the other side of it, right? So <clears throat> let me say it again: you've got a taxable hourly rate, and you've got a weekly meals and incidentals. Which those two things—sorry, those two things—are in fact your hourly compensation. Just because they're breaking off the meals and incidentals, it's built into your hourly. Housing is its own thing. So remember, those two things are your compensation. Don't confuse those, but they're two separate things because one's taxable and basically one is not. They are still together what is your compensation for the week. It just happens to be that this chunk they've purposely made into a weekly amount and they've made it tax-free. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when you work holidays or overtime or you work anything over 36 hours, which I call extra hours, or you're on callback, these two figures should be added together. And multiplied by 1.5 to get your true holiday rate. What's happened is that this one, the tax-free one, has dropped off, and a lot of companies decided, well, here's your taxable wage, so we're gonna pay you 1.5 of this. That's I mean, it's not wrong if you agree to it, but it's not your compensation. You're not getting time and a half of your compensation. You're getting time and a half of your taxable compensation. Which would make sense if for some weird reason us agencies were only able to bill. Time, you know, over the extra eight or ten bucks on just the taxable amount. We're not, we're still billing the exact same thing. And for holiday, we're they again, like I said earlier, they've already encompassed our fixed cost for the week. So, what's left should be just that time and a half of a full compensation. If they're only paying you time and a half of your taxable and they're getting ten more dollars an hour on top of what they normally pay with both these things in there. See what I'm saying? That is a huge increase in margin. And more and more companies have counted on that because you guys have signed contracts like this for the last five, six, seven years. And now it's become a standard. Wasn't a standard when I first got in this industry. It wasn't a standard for many, many years. Now it's become, this is the way we do it. And agencies count on you to agree to that all day long. You should be paid time and a half of your full compensation, which is both the taxable and the tax-free portion of your hourly rate. Housing is its own right. You shouldn't be paid time and a half of that for a holiday. I'm going to talk about that in just a little minute because there's a little bit of wrinkle on this. Do you guys understand where I'm going with this? There is, you're getting ripped off. If, if And I, by the way, I'm telling you, the figure is like in the high 90s, 97, 98, 99% of every contract I see that you guys all show me, because many of you still do, there is no language, either no language about what your overtime your holiday or your callback pay is, or it specifically says it's 1.5 of your taxable rate, which is even more brazen if you ask me. This is what companies have done and said to you, but what really is interesting is the one that where most of them don't even say anything, and you just assume, and when it comes time to get paid, here, you know you're maybe, you're, maybe these two together were $30, I'm just going really low, this one is 20, so all of a sudden when you get time and a half, it's back up to 30 instead of being at 45. See where I'm going, does that make sense, that math? If both together were thirty, time and a half of that is forty five dollars an hour. But if they're only paying if if the taxable portion was only twenty and they tax give you time and half of that, you're back up to thirty, which was exactly what your original compensation was anyway, and now we're bidding to be able to bill five I'm sorry, eight to ten, maybe fifteen dollars more an hour. Seems a little unfair, doesn't it? It seems like that just put more money in the agency's pocket and once again kept more money out of the traveler's pocket. It's what's happening. You guys agree to it. So ask them those questions and try to find a company. Good luck. Less and less of us out there that will pay the right way. It's just important. So that is how you should be getting paid. 1.5 of your full hourly compensation. So this is a little tricky. I want to go into one of the last things I want to talk about is holidays actually kind of stink for us companies. You guys have known for anybody that's listened to anything I've done for years and years, and I'm the first one to point out all these things that, that agencies are really good at getting you on, all these little wrinkles that you guys don't think about because you're not financial people, you're healthcare providers, and you're really good at that. Many of you are good at numbers, but some of you aren't, just the way it is, right? So they're, they prey upon that. Here's one area where I'm going to talk to you about and maybe expose some things and open your eyes to some things that stink from a financial standpoint for a company. Holidays are one of them. Bear with me on this. If you are working, typically you have a 36-hour work week, and that's all you work, and one of those days happens to be a holiday, and us agencies are paying you, in fact, time and a half for, let's say the industry is doing it the right way, and they're giving you 1.5 of your full compensation for one-third or 12 hours of that 36-hour work week, which is one-third of the amount of time you're working, and we're only actually billing an extra 8 bucks an hour for that, if you if that makes sense, holidays are the one area of the three between overtime and callback where we actually lose, can lose money. And it's a problem because it's hard to explain it to a traveler. There are some companies that have gotten very good and clever at kind of, you know, saying here's what happens during a holiday. We're willing to do this, this, and this for you. And I actually understand it because I've always used to say, oh, it's a holiday week. We're going to have high bill rates because, uh, you know, we're going to have 36 hours and, and one shift is going to be at a holiday pay. But, but when it comes to time for payroll, we're going to take a beating because we've got to pay time and a half of that. We're actually going to lose money. Our margin actually gets thinner in those scenarios where a traveler only works either just 36 or just 40. And let's say 12 or eight of those hours are paid at holiday pay when normally they're paid at regular pay. And all you're able to bill is eight bucks an hour. If that makes sense to you guys, the eight dollars an hour difference doesn't help When it comes to holiday, because it's actually less than what the time and a half would be of your full compensation. If a company's doing it right, and that's the qualifying statement I want to make. If they're not doing it right, they don't care. It's still they're still making more money on you. But that is one area that it's difficult to explain. I have a solution for it, but I'm just I wanted to point out to you guys that holidays for those companies that do it right actually are a margin decreaser. If um, and it it needs to be done fairly. And I just think again, it's. It's important to understand that there are times when an agency actually loses because we, are, we want to follow the labor laws and pay you correctly for true overtime. But the way the contract's written really isn't conducive to doing that. So it kind of it does hurt. I don't like holidays when it comes to that week because, for me, it's a week where it was tough. Now, again, most companies have figured out that it's going to be no problem because they're not paying you properly and they're not going to pay the holiday properly, so they don't really care. At the end of the day, what I what I want to get across on this episode is that go back and listen to my very first episode when I said communication is key. With this scenario, communication is incredibly important. You need to ask these questions when you're approaching a holiday for a company that whether you know them or not, if you haven't worked through a holiday with them and you don't know the answers, the likelihood of this being written into a contract oftentimes is really slim, which means the onus is on you to ask these questions. And by the way, when you get the answers, you should have them written into the contract. I'm not saying there's any right or wrong answers, but you should know what to expect before you sign a line that is dotted. I think I'm quoting, is that Glen Gary, Glen Ross? I don't know what movie it is, but there is, you need to know the information before you agree. And it allows you to decide whether or not you want to take that assignment through that particular agency or find someone else of the 200 companies that have the exact same job. To take it through them you have choices maybe their pay rates higher and so maybe their 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 holiday policy isn't so great but it makes sense to you fine perfect but communication is huge and this is one of those things that i will tell you don't just trust a recruiter especially a new one to be able to answer these questions and be able to give you a promise because it's going to come time for payday after the holiday's over and you may not like the answer and all of a sudden that recruiter that was so confident about the way they're going to pay is going to be doing a lot of tap dancing trying to figure out how to explain that they were wrong for lack of a better word. And now they're in trouble and who knows what and, and you guys already know how this pans out. Anybody that's ever traveled any time knows that at the end of the day the person that loses oftentimes is you guys. It just is and and that's just that's you know again sometimes I paint a dark picture, but the idea is that the rest of the wonderfulness that is in fact travel should over I guess make the, these little nuances and things that I talk about that are tough. It should, it should overcompensate for those. It should be, make it better. But sometimes if you're with the wrong company, all these things start piling up and eventually you start going, man, this may not be worth it. So I hope it's worth it because holidays truly are an area that they're a moneymaker for a lot of you. They're a great opportunity to get your foot in the door. There are a great opportunity to continue to be sustainable and be gainfully employed throughout sometimes a tough time or perhaps during a time of year where there's some seasonality and there's some supply and demand issues that it gives you some good confidence to be able to actually keep a good steady paycheck. You guys have really great choices and actually the holidays lend themselves to being one that can work in your favor in a really wonderful way. And for those of you that have earned that right with your marketability and your experience to be able to take the time off, that works really well for you, too. But I didn't really mention it, but I would say get going on getting that January assignment as fast as you can. The sooner you start, the better off you are. All these things are what incorporates, in my opinion, the holidays and why I want to get this episode out early on, because... I do want you guys to start thinking about this. Start planning. If you want to jump on another quick assignment now, you've got time between now and the holidays to do that. If you just started one, you may kind of feel that you might have to be stuck maybe extending where you are so that you aren't grasping for one or looking for one, let's say, in early October. And then, you know, you got to figure it out how you want to go. But there's really no right or wrong answer. And Like I've said many times, you guys are the ones that know you. You guys are the ones that know every reason why you've traveled, every reason why you're still traveling, and how you want your annual year to look. And the holidays are a big part, especially these five that tend to be lumped together. The rest of them, not so much. But these ones are the ones everyone talks about that are so important. So wanted to get you thinking about it. As always, guys, I appreciate it today. Thank you so much for giving me your ear and your eye. Uh, it means a lot to me. It's been a, a really good experience so far, and uh, we got some really great episodes. Some more guests coming up, by the way, and I really love how I've got this planned out where our guests kind of throw some curveballs at me, and they're the other ones that choose their own topics as I've mentioned, which is great because they're oftentimes, I never thought of that. They're throwing things at me that I just haven't thought of. I've got an amazing amount of topics. You wouldn't believe the number I have, and I think I've encompassed, Pretty much 21 years of travel CEO and actually only 17 years of that, but but travel experience in general that I wanted to share with you guys and have episodes just like this. So I hope there was a couple of nuggets, as I always say, in this episode that you never thought about. I'm sure there was because holidays are some of those things that are kind of unique on our side of the business that you guys always aren't communicated well with. And like I said, that's why I want to leave you is communicate, communicate, communicate with your agency, with your recruiter, and make sure you know what you're walking into on a holiday. And guys, I will catch you next time on Travel Evolved.